Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 76. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin. Uh, if you're not familiar with the podcast, we think that the Biden administration is a criminal syndicate, continuation of all the uh, corrupt governments we've had since 1913, for the most part. And uh, we think most of what's going on in our country is complete bullshit, and we have no media anymore. So it's up to people like Mike and I to... Uh, tell the truth. So that's why we call it the truth again. And thanks for tuning in. God bless all of you. What's up, Mikey? Nothing. Hanging out. Just woke up from a nap. You texted me about two hours ago and you were like, I'm going to go work out. Oh, can you hear an airplane? Yeah. See, should have closed my window. But anyway, I, uh, Jeez. Wow. Yeah, I live close to the airport. Well, it'll it'll go away in a second. Hold on, I'm gonna close this. Oh man, we've done we've done. That sounded like they was getting ready to crash into your house. Yeah, I've definitely had that fear a couple of times living here. But now it's like a, I it's like living next to train tracks or something. I'm like I don't even hear it anymore. I unless I'm. It's like the cicadas or the locusts or whatever, which this is going to be a big year for those unrelated to anything else. Uh, they, What was that? Did you just spill something? No, I, I, I squished uh, my stuff. I was like, I was like are you peeing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like cicadas come out on, I think it's like a seven-year cycle or 11-year cycle or something. But then there's also other species, I guess, or types of cicada and locusts that come out every like 17 years or every 23 years or something like that and uh every once in a while those years converge and this is one of those years so we're gonna have like 11 year cicadas and like 23 year cicadas or something like that this year uh so it'll be like twice as cicada-ish as normal huh well that sucks i don't like those things they make a lot of noise right yeah they like screech during the summertime they don't but that was my point is that i don't even hear them anymore because i've heard them every summer since childhood and now it's more of a peaceful sound than like an annoying sound you know it is weird how you get used to anything like my grandparents lived in this city when i was growing up uh, they lived in there their whole lives it's called pine bluff arkansas and it's right by a paper mill and if you've ever been near a paper mill it's like the foulest yeah, it smells like smell. Oh, it's awful. And their town just smelled like that constantly. Like if you'd be asleep in the car on the way to visit them, you would wake up because you'd be like, oh, God, I guess we're close. And, <laughs> and the whole city just stunk like that. And they got to a point where they didn't even smell it. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, after the first day or whatever, I've done shows in towns like that. And they always laugh when I'm like, you know, your town smells like shit, right? And they all just laugh. And it's like, being a garbage man or something like after your first shift, you're like, dude, I don't even smell garbage anymore. I just smell money. <laughs> and that's what all the paper people are thinking. Like, yeah, it might smell like shit, but I'm making a million dollars a year selling fucking paper. Well, not the factory workers that work there. They're not making a million. Most of what they're getting is fucking cancer. I, and most of the people that I know from like my hometown my mom, when I was growing up, would always be like, so-and-so just got cancer. I mean, it was just like everybody got cancer. And I think, well, first of all, they all smoke like chimneys, but they also all worked by that paper mill. And when you're breathing all that shit in all the time, um, it can't be good for you. 
Plus, they they also had some kind of nuclear uh, nuclear thing there where they would build like missiles and shit, or not missiles, but um, I don't know, something like that. And and uh, I, I have this theory that they that they they post up in these like rural areas, you know, where everyone's getting jobs, but they also don't realize how much cancer causing shit's being pumped into the thing, or they don't care because they're get, they're making money in their their city, but they you know they post up in like these places where there's not a lot of education and they're like, we're building here. And they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see my dad being like that where they're like, you want a job? And he's like, yes, sir, I do. And they're like, you're going to get cancer when you're 60. And he's like, I accept, sir. Like, yeah. I'm only 28 now. I would just like to support my family. And they're like, all right, sign here, 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 and here. Initial here and print your name here. I'll get the rest of the forms out of you as soon as we can. Yeah. That was it's Ventura. Anyway, uh, there's some shit going on in the news. You want to watch videos about it? Yeah. What do we want to start with? Do we, well, should we, should I tell about my comedy um, yes. stuff first before we get into the news? If I feel like it's hard to get back into that stuff afterwards. Yeah. Tell um, about uh, your final week in Vegas and tell me about, did you meet President Trump? No, but he was within about a hundred yards of me, um, which nice. is yeah, weird. That story too. Well, I just got back from Vegas. We did fourteen shows. My buddy Ivan Passell. Um, I often don't like the people I'm working with anymore. I don't know if that's a reflection of me or if it's just <laughs> comedians in general anymore, or, or you know, younger comedians especially. I don't. I find a lot of them I don't care for. Um, he's not younger; he's forty-three, but he's a he's a, actually a nine-time world champion juggler and a comedian, um, and I really enjoyed working with him. So that was good. And of the fourteen shows, I would say twelve of them were really good, and one was okay, and then one was kind of terrible. Um, so that's a pretty good ratio. Um, I would the, say so, was yeah, the terrible one the one where a guy tried to fight you. No, that one was pretty good overall. Um, but the worst one was like Tuesday late show. It was just, I don't know. I think they were just tired and um, I don't know. Some crowds just suck. It's amazing though. Like when Monday night, both shows were great. Like I, I got all this great crowd work footage from both of those shows, especially the second one, I think. And, you know, when you come in the next night, still kind of riding high off of those kind of shows and you think it's going to be similar and then none of that is there, you know, like there's no crowd work to be done. It's just not that kind of audience. Um, and there's no, like, I don't know. It just kind of sucked. Uh, the first show was, was pretty good, but then the second one Tuesday was terrible. But then the one that you're talking about was Saturday. That should have been the best show as far as it was almost sold out. Um, the room seemed pretty hot. And then I did a joke, um, that, up, you know, I do it like one minute into my act and 99% of people who see the joke know it's a joke like immediately. And then I immediately follow it up by saying, that's just a joke. It's about Mexicans. Um, and this one guy, he was like, 
I don't know. He said he weighed 280 pounds. He felt compelled to tell me exactly how big he was. He's like, I'm 6'3", 280 pounds, and I'm Mexican, and I'm going to sit right fucking here. He, like, came and sat in the front row, which the room was packed, but there was an empty table right in the front, which I couldn't figure out. Like, why? <laughs> why is there one empty table, and it's just enough for this guy and his two buddies to come and sit down? So him and two of his buddies sat down and proceeded to just, well, at first it was just him. And he and I talked back and forth a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's not an ideal way to do comedy when you think that some guy's about to rush the stage. He, like, came and stood in front of me for about 30 seconds or so, and then he sat down, and then he just kind of put his drink down and looked at me like, you know, like, now do your shit, you know? And I'm like, it's just a joke, stupid. And I immediately said it's a joke and, you know, explained some things or whatever. You'd have to see the joke for it to make sense, but... Um, you know, and there was this big Mexican dude off to the right, and he was like, he was like, it's just a joke, man. If you got a problem with it, I'll fucking kick your ass. <laughs> you know? It was kind of great. Like, I made a friend out of this guy. His name's Frankie Guerrera. He turned out to be, he's a comedian, and, uh, and just one of those guys that you just want on your side, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, so it was, it was awesome, dude. He, he stood up, Frankie did. And he had a beer that was about half full and he drained it. He just, just drank the whole thing. And then he kind of put it down. He didn't slam it down, but he looked, put it down. And he looked at the guy like, what fucker? <laughs> it was straight out of like a, like an eighties movie. It was pretty cool. Um, so I didn't end up doing anything though. No, they kicked him out. Like we had some words at the beginning and my heart was pounded, which again is not an ideal way to do comedy. Like thinking, am I going to get jumped? Right. I'm trying to be funny for the 300 people. Um, and then I did a joke a few minutes later about a Mexican accent or something that normally kills, but it didn't because that guy was staring at me and everyone was like wondering what he was how he was going to react. And I go, normally that joke kills, but since you're mean mugging me, they didn't know how to react. And then they all went crazy for the joke, which is kind of cool and weird. Um, they all started like applauding and, and then, like, I just ignored the guy for about 10 minutes, and it was, I was doing fine. And then it got to the point where I was asking some people in the front row questions, and I didn't want to just blatantly ignore him. So I asked him, like, if he had kids, and then he immediately got defensive about it. I'm like, I'm not going to make fun of your kid, dude. I was just asking the question. And then he got kind of – and by this point, my nerves had kind of steeled over, and I'm just like, fuck this guy. You know, if he thinks he's going to sit in front of me and and, like, scare me because he's a big dude. Um, you know, and I was just mad. Like he's trying to ruin the show. And, and after a while, I just, instead of being like nervous about it, I was just like, fuck this guy. And almost looking for something to, you know, to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know Frankie's got my back and, and uh, I've got a microphone that I'm ready to split his head over with if I have to, <laughs> you know, all that shit. And then, and then he started getting lippy and then the crowd started jumping on him telling him to shut up and you know if he didn't like it to just get out and blah 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 and then and then they finally came and kicked him out and and the guy that's with him was like looking at his watch and I'm like what are you looking at your watch for and he's like we're waiting to see when you get off and I'm like I'll tell you when I'm getting off dumbass you don't have to look at your watch you know I'll announce it I'll be like good night and then you can wait for me and then security will be out there and you know um but it was, and then as soon as he left, it was like this weight getting lifted off of me and I made fun of him a little bit. And then, uh, 
and then that was it. But um, but it was the most nervous I've ever been on stage as far as like getting ready to thinking that something really catastrophic was about to happen. Like not just him coming up on stage. I mean, the worst thing he could do was like hit me or something. But I was thinking about like, this is not going to look good for me if a riot breaks out. <laughs> it's all because of some shit that I said. Yeah. And you're like, no, they're not racist. They're funny. Yeah. Um, Unless you're this guy. Yeah. So, and I've got it all on tape and I'll be able to um, chop that up and make me look as good as possible and him as dumb as possible. And nice. <laughs> so um, it's fine, but uh, it was, um, it was, that it was reminds me of, uh, did you see the norm uh, or not norm? Uh, oh shit. What's this? Uh, Mark Norman. Did you see his video in the last week or so of, of they like rushed him off stage and shit? No. He was doing a show somewhere and some guys got kicked out or something. And I still don't know if they've like told the story of what, what exactly happened, but they like kick these guys out and then the employees come back in and Mark's like, well, that was fucked up. Like talking into the mic or whatever. And the guy's like, come on right now. And he's like, what? Oh, all right. And he like sets the mic down and they like whisk him away. And then the crowd is just sitting there like, what the fuck's going on? And the employees are like, everything's fine. It's everything's safe. Let's all just get up and get out of here right now, immediately. And everybody's like, okay. And they're like, don't rush. It's fine. And that was it. I don't know. I I assume that those guys said, like, we got a gun or there's a bomb in there or something. I don't know. But nothing happened. But that was, it was weird. And it got posted online. So, huh. Yeah. Well, I think this will be a pretty good video. I'm going to post some other things first and hopefully get the algorithm in my favor before I just go putting it up there because um, I seem to have fallen out of love with the uh, algorithm people at YouTube. But uh, like I said, the last week or two, I also kind of quit putting stuff up because I got kind of mad about the fact that they weren't pushing my stuff out anymore. But I need to get over that because it's never going to help me um, by doing that. Well, and I don't think it... I don't think your last video has to do with this video as far as what YouTube does. Like I was watching some videos about that stuff the other day. And basically what they do is they they'll show it to like a percentage of the people that follow you. And then if those if a good percentage of those hit the thumbs up button, then they'll start showing it to random people. And then they base it off of the percentage of thumbs up from random people who, who have no affiliation with you. And that takes oh. like a few minutes, you know, for them to, for the algorithm to figure that out. And they're like, all right, we showed it to a hundred random people. Two of them liked it. So just turn, turn it off, you know? Okay. And that's basically how it works with every video. So the ones that end up going not even viral, the ones that get into the tens of thousands or whatever, just, have a higher percentage of people liking it. And there are several factors that go into that. One is text on the screen has a lot to do with it um, because most people that are scrolling through, even YouTube, are doing it with the sound off until they find something that they really care about. You know what I mean? So if they're just scrolling through YouTube and they just see a person standing there talking into a microphone, but they don't know what the person's saying, they're like, oh, well, skip that. 
and YouTube counts that as like that's a view that left immediately because they didn't like it. Huh. That's why I try, like even the, uh, like I do a lot of parentheses and stuff too in my captions because, you know, there will be a 10 second long laugh. And if you're watching and listening, then you know that they're laughing the whole time. But if you're just watching, then it's just 10 seconds of nothing as far as you're concerned. So I like to throw parentheses stuff in there too. That's just like, you know, audience laughing uncontrollably or something like that. And then that'll actually make people be like, oh, let me unmute this. I want to hear this uncontrollable laughter. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind and I'm going to reinvigorate myself about all that shit. But um, so anyway, that was the it's sad that the room is closing. I'm really going to miss that room. I put a post about it on Facebook. I, I think that room made me a better comedian and uh, it just had a lot of great shows in there. And um you know, I love that it was the, my room was upstairs. And if I stayed in the green room, it was awesome. It was huge and beautiful and comfortable. And, um, but if I wanted to go upstairs, if I didn't like the show or something and regroup or whatever and get away from people, I could and just go to my room. And I, I still, I love being able to work in a hotel where my room is my green room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go poop in your own room if you need to or whatever the deal is. Um. Yeah, I definitely have done that before. I've like, like pooped and showered and changed clothes like in between shows before where I'm just like, nope, like this outfit isn't funny. And uh, so we're just starting fresh, just completely from the beginning. I do that a lot. I'll change my clothes or... Uh... It has to be really bad for me to take a full-on shower again, but there there have been a few where I'm like, I'm just going to restart everything. Yeah, well, if I have to, I'm, I joke about it on stage, but it's pretty true. Like, I try to not let much time pass between pooping and showering. Like, I don't, if I poop and then just get dressed and go do whatever, then the whole time I'm just thinking, like, my asshole is not pristine right now. <laughs> like so, yeah. If I'm pooping, I'm showering too, and we're we're at a hundred percent cleanliness. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... the joke on stage is that I don't like doing sexual stuff with girls if they haven't showered more recently than they pooped. But it goes both ways, you know. Like I'm self conscious about it now, especially because I've been joking about it for so long. So I would hate to like hook up with a chick after the show and then know like in my head, like I just pooped. There was no wet wipes even. I just wiped with paper and now I've got my pants off with this girl. Like I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, I'm really, I'm very breath conscious. Like I, I, I've always, you know, because I, you, you obviously think your breath is fine, but I've been around people that have the worst breath and I, in my head, I'm like, you have no idea that your breath smells the way it does. Like it literally smells like you're farting out of your mouth right now. And, (laughs) and how do you not know that? So then I'm always like, God, does my breath stink like that sometimes? And I just don't know, you know? So I'm always like, I make sure to have gum in my mouth or something. If I'm, you know, after talking to somebody after a show or something, I always have a piece of gum in my pocket and my migraine medicine. And I'm like an old lady, dude. I've got all these, these fucking uh, things to prepare to prepare me for certain events. But yeah, breath is sort of like uh, it's like pheromones, though, too. Like 
some I'm trying to think how to explain this. Like I'm a cigarette smoker. So if I'm making out with someone who never smoked cigarettes, they're going to go and talk to their friends and be like, he tasted gross. Like his, he tasted like smoke, but a fellow smoker isn't bothered by that smell at all, you know? And it's the same with like, I don't know, just the way, I mean, anything like BO smell or like the way the top of a girl's head smells is like, it's different with every, every girl and it's and it's not 100 determined by shampoo and soap and deodorant and stuff like that like it's just whatever their natural scent is you know and sometimes i'll meet a girl that i'm like god like i fucking hate the way she smells but then other times i'm like nice like i could see myself smelling this every day forever you know yeah yeah pheromones are a big thing and i i i'm like legally blind so I smell like a fucking dog. Like I have this crazy sense of smell. Like I'll be like driving on the highway and I'll be like, God, you smell that weed. And my wife or whoever I'm with will be like, I don't smell anything. And I'm like, you're serious. You don't smell that. I'm like, man, I said that to some guy in an elevator in Vegas. I was like, man, I'm about to get high. Just standing in this elevator. And he's like, really? I don't smell anything. I'm like, that's probably you then. Anyway, uh, 21 minutes into this, let's talk about some some uh, shit going on in the country. I did go to the Trump rally. If I had it to do over again, I probably wouldn't if I'd known it was going to take that long to get in there. We literally stood in line for like four hours, um, maybe longer, before we actually got into the same room he was in. And then it was very confusing because by the time we got in there, the room was like, I don't know, three quarters of the rate or the way full. It wasn't even like packed in there, but the line was a mile long. I just didn't understand how that was the case. What was the security like? Like, did they pat you down and metal detectors and all that? Or were they just like, all right, come on in. It was like going to a football game. You put your cell phone or anything metal on the table and then you walk through the thing. And if they needed to, they wanted you, but it wasn't anything crazy um but my you know i'm sure that once you get in there i mean i bet there were so many like security people and um what's the people called what are the people called that guard the president um secret secret service yeah i'm sure there were just tons of them in the audience so i mean those guys are trained to see anything suspicious so you know it would have been um I, i don't know my fear is that always that he's going to get murdered by somebody. Um, but what I really am afraid of is that whoever wants him dead bad enough is going to bomb an entire building that he's in um, and kill thousands of people just to get him because just like sneaking into a rally and shooting him or something, I don't even see how that's possible, you know? Yeah, I don't know either, but... I'm I'm sure people are trying or thinking about trying at least. Yeah. And and you know the the people a lot of the people that were in line it, it kind of made you understand um and you see how easy it is to just cherry pick like this is a Trump supporter. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> like they're all just like toothless and fucking you know um I mean there was definitely that element in the audience that you're just like you know I was talking to the guy I was with about it um 
about how they uh, those there's certain like Trump supporters or people who agree with you that kind of screw it up for everyone. Like you're like, ah, just shut up. You're making it so hard on all of us with okay. your with with the way you talk and the way you you know the the shit you say. Um, we had a little old lady at the show uh, on when was that on Friday night, and she was she must have been in her 80s, I would guess, and her husband also. They were sitting right in the front row. Her husband was just typical old guy, just looking and smiling, like no shaking shoulders or laughing or anything. But this lady, super like rail thin old lady, was just clapping at everything and like laughing louder than everybody else. And uh, it was just annoying. And at one point I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Trump guy. And she goes, yeah, yes. And I was like, we knew you were. We don't know how we knew. But we all knew this already. Like... I don't know. But yeah, I understand what you mean when you're like, man, you don't make us look good. But I'm sure the left thinks that too. Like, I don't think a lot of like Democrats are like, hell yeah. Like I want a, a trans woman to read to my child. They're just like, Hey, that's our fucking team, man. Most of the trans people are just reading to our children. That's all they're doing. So let's just go with those statistics and not be mad at any of them. If reading to them at all, I mean, I think most trans people have other shit to do than to go read to your kid. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think it was Jeff Dye that was joking about this. I, I it might have been somebody else, but I know I saw a clip, and they were like, like if I if somebody calls me and they're like, hey, do you want to do you want to do a gig? We'll give you a thousand dollars or whatever, and you're like, yeah, absolutely. Like you don't even ask questions or anything, and then you get there, and they're like all right, well, there's going to be a bunch of kids here. And you're like, ah, oh, what? There's fucking kids? And they're like, no, it's okay. Like, these kids, you can say whatever the fuck you want to these kids. And you're like, well, that doesn't make me feel better, knowing that you just don't care what these kids hear. But you're still like, dude, I'm going to do the gig. And then everybody's mad at you for cussing in front of children and shit. And you're like, they they told me to. Like, I just want to get paid and go home, dude. So... <laughs> I think some of them are probably like that, but there's also, I'm sure, a, a fine percentage that's like just any excuse to get to hang out with some kids. I was in Arizona not too long ago, and there, and I don't know, like halfway through my set, I go, "Is that a baby? <laughs> Is there a baby in here?" And this kid was like 18 months old, maybe two, sitting on this lady's lap, just fucking staring at me and i was like maybe three years old i don't know but old enough that i was like god i feel bad that i've said fuck as many times as i have you know like it's just a baby but at the same time like you brought your baby in here like I, i'm not getting paid enough to change my act because you're a shitty parent um so i mean it's probably not the first time they've heard that word if their mom was bringing them to a comedy show but i was just like is that a baby yeah, good old kids at comedy. No, oh, it's brutal. All um, right, so as far as news goes, we can start by talking about the border, if you want, because we've got a few videos about that. Um, I think the latest number that I heard was 8 million. We have 8 million, uh, what are they called, undocumented immigrants in our country uh, in the last, like, since Biden took over. Um, 
And those are just the ones that they know about. Those are the ones that they've like written down their name on a piece of paper or something somewhere. That's not counting the, it's estimated millions more who just snuck by everybody or had like a friend waiting to pick them up. And they're like, just cross here and I'll pick you up and we'll just disappear you into the middle of the country. Like there's a lot of those now too, but it's, it's in the many millions and so, so if you had to guess, how many people would you say, uh, how many would you say of, of those that there are, like at least this same amount? So there's like 20 million illegal immigrants in the country right now? There could be. I would guess more like 10 to 15 million, something like that. But I mean, still enough for uh, tens of thousands in every city, basically. And that's what they're dealing with now. That's what this uh, first video is. Is uh, I think this is Boston. Uh, their morning news. They were talking about, uh, you know, how where they're putting these people and stuff. It's a short thing. We can just watch it. It'll kind of just tell us what they're doing at least. Okay, we'll watch that, and then I've got a question. Inside the new temporary shelter, which will be a safe space for hundreds of families over the next few months. The Melnia Cass Rec Center. A recreational center in Roxbury, now a temporary safety net site with beds, play areas, and other necessities for incoming migrant families that the governor and community leaders toured today. We're here today because... We really don't have a choice. State and city leaders say they've all been moved by the plight of families, many now camping out at Logan Airport with no place to go, and a state shelter system stretched to the limit. When uh, children are asking, Mommy, where are we going tonight? Where are we going to sleep? Uh, it's a human crisis. Shame on healing! But the plan has received mixed reviews in the community, since the recreation center is also a vital resource for youth and adult programs. We sympathize with them. We as a people in our community, we love, but sometimes we love so much that we spite our own selves. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, sorry, go ahead. I don't know if you saw the sign that one of them was holding up. It just said, Boston is full. Like, sorry, you can't fucking come here. Yeah, and what is there, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm sure we've got more videos about it, but what is the point of letting all these people in if it's not in large part to steal the election? Because, you know, like if you listen to Kamala Harris or any of those idiots, um, they claim the, the, the border immigration system is broken um, but it, it doesn't have to be like, it wasn't this way under Trump and that's what the wall was for, which now all of a sudden people are okay with us having that were crying that it was racism before xenophobia. Um, so can these people just come into the country and vote without being citizens? I mean, as of now, no, but I mean, how hard will it be for somebody to pass something that says like, oh yeah, no, they can now. Well, until they have um, voter ID, it, it I, I would think it would be that easy for them to just be like, show up here and vote this way if you want to stay in this country. And if you don't want to stay in the country, then, you know, then don't come vote. But if you want to stay here and you want to keep getting free shit and you want your kids taken care of, you'll come here on this day and there's no voter ID. You just sign in or however they do it. Um, but like the border problem 
is to me as simple as um, as all those things we're always talking about, the paper ballots and same day voting and voter ID. If you want to fix these things, it's just a few common sense that have to be complement common sense things that have to be implemented in order to make it happen. It doesn't have to be this difficult thing, you know, like don't let it, don't let them in and put up the wall. And I don't know. I don't, I don't, I guess there's probably a lot more to it than I realize, but I don't think there is, there's not much more than that. I mean, all you need is a, a president that says, look, the border's closed. Like you're not allowed to come. If you want to come get in line and we'll let you know in a month or two whether you can come or not the way that we normally do it none of this show up today and just get to go sleep in a warm bed tonight like that's not that's not what what america was founded on you know they talk about like most of america's immigrants anyway like you're saying we don't need immigrants and i'm like that's not at all what i'm saying i'm saying we don't want illegal immigrants we don't want strangers coming into our country and it's so easy to just be like no it's closed but it's just as easy to spread the word that no the border's open which is why there's millions of people flying themselves to mexico and then walking across the border because they know what's going on here right now they know that our politicians are a joke and that they're going to give them free shit like i would go if if Sweden right now was like, we'll pay all your debts and we'll give you ten thousand dollars if you just come to Sweden, I'd be like, all right, you want to go to Sweden, dude? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not a tough decision to make. You're making nothing at home, and you're probably scared of the mob or whatever the fuck it is, the cartels, and depends on what country you're in, I guess. Whatever tribes and warlords and shit like that, like. Nowhere is as good as the United States, but that still doesn't mean we should just let everybody flood in. I think that means that it should be even harder to get into America because of how awesome it is. And that should be, I don't know, it just makes me feel bad for the like actual legal immigrants who have been going through all the bullshit for a decade or more and then finally get their citizenship or their green card or whatever they get, you know, because of hard work and dedication and, and investment and stuff like that. But all of these new people, they don't have any of that. So they don't have any of that American pride or whatever. The only thing they have is like, Hey, where's our money? Like you, right. you gave us money the last two months. What are you doing? Not giving us money now. And then you get 15 million of those across the country that all are like, yeah, we're not giving you anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it's human nature. If you don't work for something or have any kind of vested interest in it, then you don't appreciate it. Like one of the people I went to the Trump thing with, she was she was from Romania and a communist country where they literally brought their leader out in, in the street and shot him like a dog, him and his wife. Um, she's from one of those countries. And so she knows what it's like. She knows what it's like to like literally fight for bread and that kind of shit. And she was like, I see what is getting ready to happen in this country because I've seen it happen firsthand. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the people who came to this country and genuinely appreciate being here. But to your point and exactly what you said, um, if they just come here and they're given everything and they don't even have to like take a test to learn the basics about the country, 
they don't appreciate it. And especially when American taxpayers, I mean, that's why we got away from Britain in the first place. Taxation without representation. We're paying for all this shit as, as a collective, the taxpayers, and we don't get any say in it. They're just like, come on in, you know, you're going to vote for our guy. That's all we really give a shit about. Just like COVID, you know, we all know pretty, you know, I, I feel like I know that they used COVID um, as an excuse to screw Trump out of that election. Um, and they're willing to do anything, you know, to to do it again. And it, it's very scary to think of what they may do in the coming months to make that happen. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm more worried about terrorism or a, an attack of some kind than I am about voting or whatever. But I mean, the voting thing will definitely come into play, but I don't think it'll be that hard to be like, no, you can't vote. You're an illegal immigrant. Like they can maybe do a whatever they call those, like a proprietary ballot or that's not the word, but you know what I mean? Like a where they're like, yeah, you can vote, and then we'll check these over later to make sure they're all legit, and then I bet a bunch of them will get thrown out because they're like non-citizen, non-citizen. Uh, so that could be an argument that happens in some cities where they're like, they counted the non-citizen vote. and uh, But I don't know. I mean, I think overall it's just, it literally is an invasion. It would be different if there were a lot of like husbands and wives and children and stuff like that, but but it's not really. It's mostly dudes in their 20s and 30s just by themselves or like large groups of dudes. So, yeah. I mean, to me, that just says like army, like military shit. Like they're just, they're, uh, they're putting a thousand fighting age dudes in every city across America. And in my opinion, they're just waiting for a date that's already been determined or waiting for the signal. And then they just unleash chaos. I hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, I don't know what else they could be doing here. They're not all just coming because it's land of the free home of the brave and shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot fathom a situation where this just goes off like normal, like a normal election scenario um i if that happens i will be very very surprised if it just comes november whatever that date is november 6th is that when we vote um i don't i don't know this year i know it's first tuesday in november i'm pretty sure yeah so i mean if it just comes to that and we vote like normal and um and there's a free and fair election and everything i would be very very surprised um and at this point, I don't even feel like they're trying to hide it. So even if something, you know, there's a lot of people in this country that hate Trump so much that they don't care if it's clearly orchestrated, you know. So we'll see. Yep. All right. I think we've got another. Do we have anything else about the immigrant stuff? Um Oh, well, not exactly, but we can listen to fucking Kareen John shithead talk about, you heard about those guys that, I don't remember where it happened, but uh, three soldiers were killed in the last week or so. Where was that, Jordan? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, is this the video of her trying to talk about it? 
Yeah. And it's just like, you can tell that I feel like somebody said like, you know, don't say, don't say soldiers, don't say our military, don't say like fighting for our country. Like, I don't know. I, maybe she's just bad at saying stuff, but it just seems disrespectful the way that she says this. Yeah. She's, she's just part of the, the whole administration, dude, there is just disgraceful. I will say our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, of three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people, obviously more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. Fighting on behalf of this administration. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It all, this is why things like this just make me think like, oh, she's a great actress. She's playing the role of a piece of shit so well. Like, I I would like to hope that it's all a plan, that it's all a fake, that we're watching a movie, we're watching a scripted thing, and I would love to see her come out and just give a big bow and be like, I am so sorry, you guys. I had to do all of that. I'm really not a fucking idiot. Like, that would be wonderful, but I don't know that that's going to happen ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so, too. I mean, the three biggest, you know, the people who speak the most, whether it's uh, Biden or Harris or that idiot or Pelosi or whatever, it all seems like they're almost playing a role. Like, I've never seen, I've, I've never seen such unprofessionalism and people who cannot speak in those roles as uh, until now. I mean, before... You could never tell, you know, in my lifetime, I remember watching like debates and not knowing shit about politics. I would listen to one guy and then the other and both their answers seemed really good. Like they just seemed really good at what they were saying. And it seemed like it was coming from an intelligent place. And this administration is almost like they're being paid to sound incompetent. You know, so I hope you're right, dude, because if it's if it's just genuinely just how it is and we're going to elect them, like I think I've said this before, but we we watched the Republican National Convention last year or not last year. It's been three years ago already. And the the it was like beautiful, like they had all these testimonies of things that Trump had done and whatever. And it was just very professionally done. And it looked like it, it, it looked like a. A real administration, and then you'd see the Democratic National Convention, and it was just a dumpster fire. It was just so like ridiculous. And I remember waking up thinking, like, well, this is going to wake up the whole country. They're going to be like, well, we can't have this. And that was, I didn't know these things about Trump, but no. And then the next day, everybody's like, they did such a good job last night. And you're like, what? Yeah, it was like, what are you, what did, were you watching the same shit that I was watching? Because that was. Well, here's this next video. Here's, granted, and I say this every time we show a Biden video, these are all very short, selected clips. So I'm sure if we watch the whole thing, he would make some sort of point. But yeah, play this because it's just him fucking up. Actually, I'll, I'll preface it. There's a one point where he says, uh, you can tell that the words on, on the 
what's the word on the thing? Teleprompter. On the teleprompter, our predecessor. He's supposed to be talking shit about Trump, and he's supposed to say, "My predecessor tried this or whatever," but instead he accidentally misreads it and says the word professor. And then he's like, uh, I'm not going to get into my professor right now when like, but I've also talked shit about Trump doing the exact same thing where he, he doesn't say, oh, whoops, I messed that word up. Let's try it again. He just skips to the correct word and then forgets the mess up. But here, play this and, and we'll watch Biden fucking fumble through the English language. Okay. Here, brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer. It is defined. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why it's going My professor, uh, eh, well, I won't get into my professor. But look, my predecessor, though, we get thousands, look, we, we, you know, we now have, we used to, before the recession, before the, the pandemic, it cost 10 bucks to make it. 10 bucks to make it. Yeah, but it's all, it's, two second clips you know like i you can do the same thing with trump with a lot of his like uh and that kind of stuff yeah well like you know we all do it to a point like there's been times on this podcast where i'll be i'll be talking and then like halfway through what i'm saying i realize like i kind of forgot what i'm talking about and <laughs> and like i just hope i get to the ending and make it sound you know somewhat and then a lot of times right at the end i'll be able to tie it together because i'll realize what i'm saying or whatever but he does that with literally like every speech i've seen him in he just looks lost and like he's just trying to say enough words that he can finally just stop talking and people will be like, okay, you know, that that's what his entire presidency has been like. And in some ways it's admirable. Like, wow, what a fucking, what a trooper, <laughs> what a fuck up. And he just continues to, you know, he's like, man, I've done this for three and a half years now. <laughs> you know, how much longer can I do this? And he's like, well, I guess I can do it for six more months. Um, Man, but that is kind of interesting, though, just how fast time seems to be flying, you know, because I can remember like the week of, oh, like January 6th and the week of the uh, couple weeks after that, the inauguration and stuff like all of the the Q people online and all of the like great awakening boards and stuff like that. And people just being like, well, well, he can't really be president like they're going to have to stop this. And then other people being like, I don't know, man, this might be part of it. Like letting Joe Biden actually be president and fuck shit up for, for four years. And people are like, if it is, I'm fucking moving. Like, there's no way America can survive this. And now here we are three and a half years later. And granted, things are worse than they were four years ago, but we are surviving it. Like, we're all getting through it. And I, I mean... Every day, every time I do comedy somewhere, every time I talk to my friends, like people are, are people's eyes are opening, you know, and they, they might not be marching in the streets or anything, but if you get them alone and you're like, Hey man, like, how do you, what's up with the immigrants with the border and all that? Then people are like, I don't know, man, it's not good. I know that. So it's just, it's a slow awakening that's what it is it's the great awakening people at their own speeds are realizing that we can't keep things going the way that that we are right now like it's this 
America will not survive. But then there's also a lot of people that are like, good, I don't want it to. And it's like, well, that's just the worst attitude to have. Because yeah. if, if America falls, the whole world falls. America is the only one keeping all of this shit in line right now. Yeah, I mean, there's been several times where I've just flat out, I'll mention Biden and I'll just, and then I'll just go on stage, I'll go, what a fucking disgrace. And no one has ever gone, he's better than Trump. Not one person has said that, and you think they would. Maybe one person has. And I remember just being like, how do you, how are you still of that opinion? You know, and those are just the most clueless people who just do not like his personality and cannot get on board with it because they hate him so much. Um, and, and I've certainly known people like that in my life that I, that I couldn't stand on that level. So I guess I have to understand it a little bit, but, um, I, I don't, I don't think there's that many like flat out Biden supporters. We were talking about that in the, in the car, like on the way to the Trump thing, like, you know, no, I've never seen a Biden for a guy who got the most votes in history and is, you know, technically the most popular president in history at voting time. You've never seen a Biden. I've never seen, I never see Biden stickers very rarely or signs in yards or anything like that. And Trump people are so all about Trump that it's, it's just hard to imagine that he lost that election legitimately. But I hope that that, news comes out at some point i hope that it's like revealed to america that that no like all of this shit that we've dealt with for four years we didn't even have to deal with it if we would have just looked closer at the election results but because everybody hated trump so much we didn't even look at him and that's your guys's fault and and is that going to happen like is this election going to come and go and on monday biden will still be the president and we're all just going to be like so Everything we've been told for the last four years about this being part of the plan and all that, we were just wrong. Like, that's going to be hard to swallow. Yeah, but even, I mean, that's what I've been swallowing for eight years now. Because every few months, people are like, oh, this is the thing Q was talking about. This is the beginning of the big thing. And then nothing happens. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe they met next year. Like... There's never actually been a timeline put on this where they're like, all right, six years from now, we're going to do this and then this will happen. Like it's all when it was all posted on on the boards and stuff, everything Q said was like, we're doing this right now. Like this is all happening now. So at the time that they all came out, everybody was like, oh, okay, let's watch the news. This is the thing Q was talking about. And looking back now, a half decade later, it's like, no, okay, that's not what Q was talking about. Maybe they're talking about this thing that's happening now. And so, I don't know. Part of me is like, it's a giant psyop just to get Republicans to not fight back against anything. But if that was the case, they wouldn't have even let Trump win in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, all I know is that I, I'm grateful for this podcast and that it allows me to kind of focus on it for a day or so, and then the rest of the week. I mean, I'm in and I'm, I'm inundated with it through social media and all that, but I don't, I don't let it affect me. I, I wish I could have back the time that my boy was very small 
and all this stuff really stressed me out and I like looked into everything and all that. And now I just kind of, I'm never seeing anything new. Like it's always like, I don't need any more convincing. So I'm just like, all right, I don't, you know, it just gets yeah. me too upset to, to think about Pizzagate or any of that stuff. Cause there's very little I can actually do about it other than talk about it once a week on this podcast. And, and, uh, you know, even social media, I'm not able to really pop off like I want to anymore because I know they're just going to bury it and not let anybody see it and make me feel crazy. So maybe that's wrong that I don't do that, but it probably is, but I'm the same way. Like I don't, I, the lady that I was talking about that cheered for me being a Trump supporter, uh, that was the first time in a, in a long time that I've ever actually said, like, I'm, I'm a Trump guy. I like Trump on stage. Like I've, I've joked with it before, you know, Trump's better than Biden, like Biden's fucking shit up, but I've always just been scared to be like, no, I'm a Trump guy because I'm, uh, because it's been embedded in me to like be ashamed of that, you know? And I, I don't think that I am anymore. Like I, I think things are getting bad enough with Biden that people are starting to be like, yeah, even people that hate Trump are like, I don't like the guy, but he was, he did this job better than Biden's doing it. Yeah. I mean, even Snoop Dogg recently came out apparently and said like, he's got nothing but love and respect for Trump after shitting on him for a few years. Um, so, and I think that's becoming a slowly more acceptable uh, to certain people in Hollywood and that kind of thing. Um, especially the black community and Hispanic community. They're all like, well, I know this guy's better than this fucking guy, you know? Yeah. I, I predict that Trump will win in the Hispanic community. And I bet he gets, I think he got like seven or 8% of the black vote in 2016. And then maybe a little higher than that in 2020. I will predict that he will get 20 plus percent of the black vote in the next election. But that's just me randomly assuming. But I mean, I would love to see it be 50 50, you know, but that's uh, a lot of not just black people, but just a lot of people in general don't follow politics. They just know like, oh, my family's Democrats. We vote Democrat, you know. So that's what they do. And they know like whoever the Republican is, he's a racist piece of shit. But I think a, a good chunk of people, it, black people included, are now realizing like, oh, yeah, like Trump wasn't racist to us. Like, if anything, Biden is. Yeah, it, it's amazing the people that still don't know. And that's the power of the media, I guess, that don't know the history of the Democratic Party and like real things that have led to uh, especially the black community having as many problems as they, as they do, especially in inner cities. That's all because of democratic policies going way back. Um, and then people are like, Oh, that, that, that all switched. I'm like, no, it, it didn't. They just made you think it did. Yeah. Well, and that makes me kind of think about what's going on right now too. Cause it's sort of the same thing. It's like <clears throat> back in the, whenever welfare started being a thing, when was that in the fifties or sixties or whatever, then they started saying like, oh, you don't, your job isn't good enough to support your family. Don't worry about it. Like we'll, we'll give you the money to support your family. And, and they just become 
used to that. So they're like, all right, I, I go here to this church or whatever for my groceries. I go to this other thing for to help me pay my bills, to get money and shit like that. Like that's what they're doing with all of these immigrants right now. They're saying, come in, we'll support you. We, we've got you covered. And then it'll just make them either reliant on a system that they will just continue to bankrupt or it'll make us have to be like, all right, this is the last one, this check, last check. So you got to figure it out now. And then what does that do? That just makes them desperate and turn to crime and shit. It's not going to make them be like, well, we need to go start careers today. It's going to, they're going to be like, no, we need, we've been getting two grand a month. So we got to go out and get two grand this month if we want to keep living the way that we were before. So let's go rob two people. I meant to ask you this a minute ago. How did people respond when you said you were a Trump guy? Not one person was like, boo. Like the the lady clapping kind of stepped on anything I was going to say about it. But, uh, but I just went on to say basically the stuff that we've said on this podcast before, like, uh, like Trump, people are like, he's just doing it to get rich. And I'm like, he's already rich. And they're like, he's doing it to get famous. And I'm like, he's already famous. He's one of the most recognizable names on earth. Uh, anywhere on earth, you can say Donald Trump and people know who the fuck you're talking about. Like that's fame right there. That's not even Snoop Dogg or Taylor Swift or something like that. Like there's places on earth where they're like, who? But everybody knows who Trump is. Um, and then I went on to say, like, I the word for word what we've said before, that he wants to be the one to save America. But in order to do that, he has to actually save America. So I'm fine with it. And But there's still people that hate him that if Trump did save America, they'd be like, yeah, but he just did it because he wanted to be the guy who did it. He didn't do it because he's nice. Yeah, and that's a stupid argument. <laughs> you know, like, who cares why he did it? He did it, so. Right. You know, and I'm glad that you brought up the Taylor Swift thing because I wanted to talk about that, and I almost, I didn't put it in my notes, and I knew I was missing something. Um, what do you think about that whole thing? Like, man, I, I, you know, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm from Kansas City. I want them to win the Super Bowl, blah, 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 but. I think Travis Kelsey's a dipshit, man. He just gets under me. Um, yeah. I know, I know he's trying to make money and and whatever, and I don't get into the whole Taylor Swift thing. I couldn't tell you what song she sings. I couldn't – I'm not, I've never been that person to, tell, to be able to tell you who sings what or anything. There's very few bands I know um, just by listening to the song, like, oh, that's ACDC or that's Van Halen or whatever. But I, you could play a Taylor Swift song right now, and I I wouldn't be like, oh, that's Taylor Swift. I just am not that person. I never have been. Yeah, um, but if, if I played you one Taylor Swift song, and then I played three more songs, and I was like, tell me which of these three are Taylor Swift, then you'd be like, well, that one. Like, she's... I, I don't shit on her talent or anything like that. I don't even shit on... Honestly, the my biggest complaint about the whole thing is how many posts I see from people saying that people should stop shitting on her. But I don't see anybody really shitting on her other than a few Twitter people here and there that are just like, you know, like it's a psyop like Kelsey and Taylor Swift are in on it together and they're just trying to push the vaccines and they just want to 
support Biden and their paid shills and all this. I don't think it's any of that. I think the fucking hot cheerleader started fucking the the awesome football player and now their boyfriend and girlfriend. And she didn't even necessarily like football that much. But she's like, I'm going to watch my boyfriend play football. Like, I don't have any problem with any of that. I think it's great, honestly. Like, it, if anything... I've seen like Taylor Swift fans post online that are like, okay, now what color are we wearing today? Or are we going to do bracelets? Should we do bracelets with Kelsey's number on it? Or are we still just doing like Taylor's age or whatever? Like non-football fans are getting into football because of this. So it's, it, if anything, it's helping the league. But yeah, I don't have any problem with her. I think she's uh, I think she's a great singer. She's cute as fuck. And my only drawback, I guess, is like she's famous for dating dudes, breaking up and then writing albums about them and shitting on them. And so that's my only skepticism about the whole thing is I don't want to hear Kansas City getting shit on in an album in two years, you know? And be like, that town's kind of a dump anyway, and I never really liked it, and that kind of shit. Like, but if as long as that doesn't happen, like I would love to see Kelsey and Taylor Swift get married, have a bunch of kids and shit. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know what to believe as far as you know, it being some giant psyop or her getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars to influence the election or any of that. Um, I, I think it's sad that there could potentially be millions of people who would vote just on Taylor Swift's endorsement. I don't um, think there are. And that's why I don't buy into that logic, you know, cause I, yeah, she's not any, anybody that's a fan of her already is probably not a big Trump fan, you know, but it's also interesting because she called out uh, George Soros years ago. I don't know if you knew that story or not, but um, she had, I don't know the numbers, but let's say two albums or maybe three albums, and they were on a certain record label, and uh, they owned the the master copies of all of them. And uh, somebody, I know a Soros company was involved, but then also, I don't know, like BlackRock and somebody else, but she called them out because they had like a bidding war because she wanted to buy the rights to her own music so she could make the profits off of it on streaming services and shit like that. And they came in and, and outbid her and they paid like hundreds of millions of dollars for it. And so she did a little, I don't know if it was a press conference or like a speech or whatever, but she was saying like they paid more for this music than I'm ever going to be able to make off of it. Like they just bought it so they could own it and own me. And so I'm just going to re-record all of it. And she went back into the studio and redid all of the albums. And, but anyway, the point was she called out George Soros by name and BlackRock. And she was like, they're just buying this music from me, like just to have it. So I can't have it. So I can't make money off of it. And, and it's bullshit. She didn't say bullshit, but she called them out. Like, Look it up and watch that video if you want. Um, so there's people, I think I may have watched it a few days ago. There's people now saying like, oh, well, Soros bought her music out and and now they're they're paying her off to make her say these things. And I'm like, I don't think that that's 
what's happening either. I don't know. I think it's the whole Occam's razor thing. Like the most likely scenario is probably what is happening, which is a hot chick is fucking a studly football player and they fucking like each other. I, I don't, I have no problem with it. Yeah. Well, I, if anything, I'm just jealous. I'm jealous of Kelsey because I want to be Taylor Swift's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 he gets under me. Just the he just seems like like the kind of guy that'll do literally anything for money. And I'm like, you've got enough money, dude. You don't need to be um, being the establishment's bitch. <laughs> that's that's kind of how he seems to me. But yeah, um, but I mean, if you're a, a Football players are not historically smart. You know what I mean? They're they're good at athletic shit. They're good at plowing into people and stuff. They're not necessarily book smart. Not to say that none of them are, but I played football in high school, and Travis Kelsey reminds me 100% of the fucking idiots that I played football with. That, like, you're like, all right, you stand on the 10, and then you run up to the 20, and they're like, huh? And they're like, start on this line and run to this line. And they're like, okay, sir. And then they like, it just takes an extra step to get them to understand anything. And he seems like that guy. So when a, a dude from Pfizer or whatever is like, hey, man, you want uh, $10 million just to put a Band-Aid on your arm? You don't even have to really get the vaccine. You just have to say you did. And he's like, all right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think there's anything like, criminal about that and i don't think that he's smart enough to to be like pulling one over on people i think he's just a football player that's it he's I, I will say that playbooks i played my freshman year until i went to a different high school and then i just didn't play when i went to the new high school um but those playbooks were like algebra books i was like i don't understand any of this shit you know like so they're they're not completely stupid but, no, but i mean still just zeros and x's and lines like it's not hard to be like you're the line you do what the line does you run up here you go back a little and then you keep on running like once they practice those things like it's not hard i mean not yeah. to say that it's easy but it's not genius level shit or anything it's just simple memorization and practice like i don't know i just I don't know. The, my like I said, my biggest complaint are other people saying like, "Oh, so what? You hate women?" And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, every game that I've been to, I've gone with girls in my life. You know, it's never just been me and the dudes. Like, no women allowed. Like, half of the crowd are screaming women. Half of the fun of going to a Chiefs game or a Royals game or whatever is just looking at hot chicks because they're everywhere. Like. Nobody has a problem with women enjoying football. That's that's a stupid. I wish there was like a shake my head or roll my eyes reaction on Facebook because that's what I would react to a lot of those with. Just like you're an idiot. I can't believe like, <laughs> you're still pushing this idea. Yeah, it's gotten so hard to know what to believe anymore. And some people go out on so many different tangents and like well what about this and everything's a psyop and it's just it's just freaking exhausting man um so thank god for my little boy because i'd probably be in a fucking nut war by now 
Uh, where do we want to go to wrap this up? Um, I want to show this real quick. Um, I've talked about this a few times, and now they have it at Sam's Club and or Costco or whatever. Uh, play that video. I, I've never seen this stuff at a Costco before, and I think it's interesting that now it's there. Okay. I stopped at Costco today, and ReadyWise Emergency Food is $63.99, and it comes with 132 servings. They also have Mountain Home Emergency Meal Kits, which are $79.80. All right, we don't have to watch the whole thing. The whole point of the video is they have emergency food at Costco now. Um, I think it's worth the investment. Just worst case scenario, you waste $100. But best case scenario, the power goes out, the water stops working, there's no internet there's no gas and you need to feed your family like you'll be happy that you have one of those things if that if it comes to that yeah i'd never seen that it makes me want to text my wife because she was going to costco today and asked me if excuse me she asked me if i wanted anything and uh emergency food yeah we've got some but um you know you can never have enough of that stuff it usually lasts for like 25 years or something you never know what's going to happen and that's pretty cheap for 132 servings or whatever yeah um, i almost want to text her right now and be like get some of that shit <laughs> do it or just go go and get some i'm sure they'll sell at other places too but yeah it's uh, part of me is like oh they know that we're going to need emergency food soon but then the other part is like they just go by what is selling well online you know so they know that people are buying this shit, whether they need it or not. So they're like, hey, let's put stuff that people are buying in our store. So I don't think Costco's like in on it or anything. I think they're just selling what makes money. Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily in on anything either. I think they just know there's a market for it and they're like, oh, I'll sell this shit. Um, and let's see, the only other video we have is E. Jean Carroll, which I don't really give a fuck about. She's dumb, and it's going to get appealed, and it's probably going to get overturned the same way that the uh, Stormy Daniels thing got overturned, and she ended up having to pay all of Trump's legal fees and shit. I think something like that will end up happening with this case, too, because it's the confusion behind it is people are like, oh, Trump had to pay $83 million because he raped somebody. And it's like, nope, that was actually disproven in the court case. Uh, there was no case to determine any of this. It was just the judge. So it's like a, a, a very one-sided, like opinionated judge that was just like, I'll be the decider of this. He's guilty. Uh, but it wasn't even a guilt or innocence thing. It was just like, does did did he defame her? So she said, this guy raped me. He said, I, not only did I not rape that bitch, I wouldn't eat her. He didn't say that, but that's basically what he said. He's like, she's not my type. And then the judge is like, all right, well, we can't prove that you raped her or that you did anything, but you definitely defamed her. So you have to give her $83 million now. Yeah, defamed her. Nobody knew who the hell E. Jean Carroll was until any of this stuff came out. And I don't, I don't think we have the video, but she was just on Rachel Maddow, who you know how much I love her. And Rachel Maddow was like, so what are you going to do with Trump's $84 million that he has to give you? And she's like, I'm going to go on a spending spree, and you're welcome to come. And it was right. just, just disgraceful. Like, here it is. Supposedly, she gets money for getting raped, and she's going to go, you know, on this spending spree. The whole video is vile. Um 
yeah, if I was actually raped and got money from a guy, I'd be like, I'm donating all of this to uh, women's shelters and things like that. I wouldn't be like, I'm going shopping and right. I'm gonna, I'll buy you a penthouse, Rachel Maddow. Yeah, she she offered to take Rachel on some kind of fishing trip to France or something. And and all it all the, the whole thing is, like you said, it's going to get overturned. He's not going to end up giving her eighty four million dollars. Um, but it just it, it it just feeds the people who believe that he's this rapist piece of shit and that he's, you know, I mean, how are we going to elect a guy who got convicted of rape? And it's like, that's not what happened. And like, but by the time that comes out that that didn't happen, uh, th- those people never know the truth. It's like when I was at the Trump rally, I'm like, so I was thinking to myself, like, so what's the point of this? Like, all he's doing is speaking to people who already love him. It's like he they can't vote twice because they're so passionate about him. So I guess I don't even really, if, you, if you're not convincing people who weren't going to vote for you in the first place, then what's the point of all this? Is this just your ego? Like, I mean, it's cool to be in the same room with you, and that's why I went because it's historic. I've never been in the same room with a president before. Um past, present, or future, and I and I was. So again, I would probably do it again. I wouldn't want to wait in that line, but I was thinking to myself, like, so who's he talking to? Like, there's not one person in this room who wasn't already going to vote for him. But there might be, you know, there might have been somebody who went with a friend or something like that, or there's somebody who's just tuning in on TV, you know, who's like, all right, I'll fucking listen to this idiot, I suppose. And then by the end, they're like, huh. Yeah, that's yeah. what I expected, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like any other artist or whatever. Like, why would anybody go see Taylor Swift? They already know all of her songs and shit. They already love her. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why they're going to see her. Because they want to see her in person. They want to have that experience, you know. And, and that shows non-Taylor Swift fans, like even people that don't like her, like, well, fuck. I mean, she did sell 65,000 tickets or whatever in like a matter of minutes or something like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to one of her albums and then, you know, cut to two weeks later and they're fucking driving to work, singing their favorite new Taylor Swift song. Like, you can do that with any album. If you force yourself to listen to it three times in a row, by that third time, you're like, I like this song the best of all the songs. This is my favorite. Yeah. Um, to close this out, should we talk about Biden's, you know, in the wake of this whole Jordan thing or wherever this three soldiers got killed, he keeps saying that his son also died. I don't, I, I'm not trying to defend Joe Biden because I can't stand him, but is he trying to say that his son got brain cancer from being in Iraq? Because that's the only thing that makes kind of sense because most people know like your son didn't die in Iraq. He died of brain cancer. Um, but the way he phrases it sometimes, I'm like, is he saying that he got brain cancer from being in Iraq? I mean, otherwise he's just completely full of shit and, uh, com- what, what, what's the word where an opportunistic person, um, you know, he used the death of his wife and little girl to get votes and sympathy and all that shit. I mean, he just does it in a way like, you're like, what are you, he's just a vile human being and if he's not an actor he's clearly just um he's clearly just 
working for the people who are actively trying to destroy this country. Because there's no way he actually believes any of the shit that comes out of his mouth. Especially when you see old videos of him where you're like, this is the real Joe Biden. This is the guy who um, felt yeah. this way He's about immigration. It's going to school with black kids. You're yeah. Like, That's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden. That's the guy that, you know, felt this way about immigration that, that any logical thinking person um, feels, feels the same way as any logical thinking person. Um, but all this stuff, it does seem like he's either just towing the company line, like this is what my employers want me to say, or, or he's acting. It's one of the two things, but he's not doing it because he really believes this bullshit. Yeah. And according to this thing that was written in 2015, uh, by Dr. Adelia Hormingo, MD, PhD, uh, neurology guy. Um, let's see here. Da, da, da. The death of Vice President Joe Biden, oldest son, Bo, at 46 from brain cancer, brings to light a rare but lethal disease that remains stubbornly resistant to treatment. Uh, Biden was originally diagnosed in 2013. After surgery, chemo, and radiation, he went back to work as Delaware's attorney general and even had plans to run for governor, um, according to the Washington Post. Sadly, he suffered a recurrence this spring, and his health quickly deteriorated. While death rates from many cancers have declined due to better prevention, screening, and treatment, uh, with the overall cancer rate death among Americans falling 22% between 1990 and 2011, death rates from Globa, uh, glioba blastoma remain virtually unchanged. Um, yeah, it says nothing about Iraq or anything like that. He just was a poor guy who got cancer, as far as I know. So, yeah, it has nothing to do with being in Iraq. Um, I guess they could say, I mean, I know there was like, what was that stuff called in Vietnam, Agent Orange or whatever? And then they had like, uh, Oh, what was that called? Like Gulf, Gulf War fever or something like that. I know some people were getting sick here and there from like fighting in the Gulf War and stuff, but I don't know if any of it ever was directly correlated. And I don't know when Bo Biden was in Iraq or in the Gulf or any of that. So I don't know. But either way, for Biden to say my son died in Iraq is definitely a lie. Yeah. And for him to, when he's like, oh, when Bo was on his deathbed, I couldn't help but think, you know, thank God we've got uh, Obamacare. Like, that's, that's, I have a hard time believing that's what you were thinking about when your son was on his deathbed. You know, I just don't believe that, you piece of shit. Right. Um, Plus, uh, Biden probably doesn't have Obamacare. They have whatever insurance is provided to them by the, the whatever, the government. That, yeah. That's separate from Obamacare. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I think that's all the videos we have, uh, unless you want to watch this uh, Michael Schellenberger talk about the Five Eyes thing, but it cuts off halfway through anyway, so we don't necessarily need to watch that. But do you know what the Five Eyes are? No. It's uh, the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, and they, uh, after like 9-11 or whatever, they all kind of agreed to share information and stuff. And basically they just are like a, a, the FBI can't 
or like the CIA can't legally spy on U.S. citizens, but the CIA can call their friends in Australia and be like, hey, will you spy on citizens and then tell us what they said? And they're like, sure. So it's that kind of shit that, uh, I don't know, there's more to it, but look that up. That, uh, if you follow Elon on, on X, then he commented on it earlier, so it's easy to find. Well, is it wa- is it worth watching or no? I don't care. Yeah, let's just play it real quick. It, like I said, it cuts off at a minute, but we can still okay. kind of get an idea. Have you ever heard of the Five Eyes Nations? I confess that I hadn't until I started covering censorship and other governmental abuses of power last year. But it turns out to be something really important. The Five Eyes refers to the intelligence agencies in the US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada which have collaborated on spying and intelligence sharing since World War II. Now it appears Canada spread disinformation to other Five Eyes nations after Canada's Justin Trudeau government used the same faked intelligence to illegally frame protesters as violent extremists. The context is the Canadian truckers' freedom convoy protests against the vaccine mandates in early 2022. To get them to stop, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau falsely claimed they were violent extremists. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. There is no place in our country for threats, violence. Yeah, damn it. I don't know why it cut off right there, but it did. So, whatever. Trudeau's part of the whole global elite fucking hierarchy. He's just such a piece of shit. They're, They're all scum, dude. I get so tired of all this racist shit. That's how we ended our last podcast. I'm like, it's so tired. Just fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I was going to say earlier when you were talking about watching the news and whatnot, like once you know that it's bullshit, you can't watch the news the same anymore. Every every piece, every fact that you're given by a news anchor or an article or anything like that, you can just read through the lines and you can see like they're they're bending this to fit their narrative, you know, like it's not the news. And that's why like elon says that's why x is the news now because these if you work at a, at a news station or whatever there's different levels that it has that a, a story has to go through before it appears on our evening news and there's several people along the way that can be like no don't talk about that or here here's what we're talking about today whereas on x the most popular thing of the day is the thing that people want to talk about the most not the thing that one guy decided is what we need to hear, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we ever have uh, real news again, uh, if we ever did. Um, but that would be great. It sure be nice. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope, God, I hope in, in five years we all look back and go, Boom, that was fucking crazy, wasn't it? That they were able to get away with it for as long as they did and lie to us about as much as we did and, um, yeah, I've watched a lot of documentaries in the last couple of years that I'm like, man, I don't, I don't believe anything anymore. Like I'm not a flat earther, but, but I'm completely open to all of that shit being a possibility. You know, like I don't discount anything anymore. Like there's no way because now I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, I don't believe it necessarily, but. But the fact that they're so adamant that I'm an idiot if I think it makes me think it makes me feel the same way that I felt when they were like, just take the vaccine. Have you seen that? And we'll end on this. Uh, 
uh, Jimmy Dore had a, a stand-up clip that he posted the other day, and he was talking about how the vaccine was the first time in history that doing your own research became like a bad thing. And people were like, what are you going to do, read? You're going to read about it? And he, the joke that he made was, he was like, that's like going to buy a new car. And you tell somebody like, hey, I'm going to buy a new car. And they go, don't look into it. <laughs> and you're like, what? Why? And they're like, the, trust the dealer. He's the expert. He'll tell you what car you need. I just thought yeah. a great analogy where it's like, don't look into it. Don't ask any questions. Yeah, Jimmy's a smart guy. He and I worked at the uh, Tulsa Comedy Club gosh 20 years ago and had a great time together and i see him every now and again down at the comedy magic club and i i've always liked jimmy he's a smart dude yep so but screw his podcast watch ours we're much smarter than jimmy yep this podcast <laughs> brought to you by the jimmy dora show <laughs> and early bird i really want these fuckers to sponsor us one of these days um all right, we got to go. Go to making it happen. M a c a n it happen dot com. How about little Bo Macon? I'll be in the. I'll be at Looney's in Colorado Springs, January 9th and tenth. That's next Friday and Saturday. Four shows, and I don't Tell know. Tell them you're bringing your own opener, and I'll meet you there. Ah, you don't want to work. They give you like eight bucks and a cheese sandwich. You don't want to do it. All right. But the next time I get a decent one, you're welcome to come. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I didn't put that going across the screen. I just said, come see me at Looney's, and I didn't put the date like a dumbass. That's all right. Go If if you live near Looney's, then you can easily find information on it. And if you don't, then there's no reason for you to even look into it. So it doesn't yeah, matter. That's true. January 9 and 10. You got anything coming up you would like to pimp to the... Not uh, Nothing between now and next week. I've got the weekend off. I'll be in Rochester on the 9th and 10th. Uh, Rochester, Minnesota, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's a good club, um, but we'll talk about it next week. Until right. then, I got jack shit. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. God bless all of you, and take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.